0: You're listening to a Chirp Radio podcast. You can find more interviews and features at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.
1: with Chirp Radio. Um, I'm here today with Kay Hanley and Michael Eisenstein from Letters to Clio Hello. Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. I'm really excited. All right. So I mentioned right before we started chatting that I wanted to talk a little bit about high school, but just to go back in time a little bit, um, I've been a, a pretty big fan of Letters to Clio since high school. <laughs> so. <laughs>
0: Which was like. Well, Last year.
1: No. <laughs> Actually, for me, that was um, the late 90s, early aughts. Okay. And, you know, that, at that... So t- you're a
2: 10 Things I Hate About You fan.
1: I am. Yes. Exactly. Ah. No, it's, it's a
2: whole different breed of fan that we never really got to meet and never saw us play live because we broke up right after the movie. Really? So yeah. So there's a whole yeah. bunch of people yeah. like you that we don't really know about, but well, it's nice to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> We've
1: heard of you. Oh, well, here I am. Yeah, Bye. exactly. I mean, that was also an interesting time because it was right... At the brink of the internet as we know it. And uh-huh. so the way I could only find out about new music was either through whatever was playing on the radio or on MTV. And so, you know, I found out about Letters to Cleo through 10 Things I Hate About You. I also, like, you know, when I was 14, loved the movies Josie and the Pussycats and, oh, good. <laughs> and The Craft. And so, um, you know, looking back on it now, uh, what kind of an impact did being part of those films have on the band? They, I mean, the, those
0: projects came either at the tail end of our careers as a band, or after we had broken up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the craft and Ten Things I Hate About You were projects that we did kind of at the end, and uh, and then Josie and the Pussycats, we had broken, we, we had broken up. Yeah,
2: we were by then. Up it. Yeah.
0: yeah. So really those projects kind of gave birth to like new careers for all of us. It really influenced how I went forward in the music business as more of a behind the scenes person doing mm-hmm. like vocals for hire, production for hire, writing for hire. Yeah. And as opposed to like being a lead singer. So it was good transitional stuff. Yeah. Educational.
1: Was that going in that direction something right. that um, just happened organically or uh, you know at that point where you're like oh let's try these other things in our career or
2: um, no it just happened kind of by, by happenstance this guy was uh. one guy named Ralph Saul was really pivotal he was a pretty successful music supervisor working on a bunch of films teen films and he had asked us to do one other project and we couldn't do it he came back around when the craft happened and we did that and had a great experience with him working on uh, Dangerous Type and then uh, he kept in touch,
1: yeah. and
2: he's the same one who did 10 Things I Hate About You, and, that, and that's how that happened. Uh, Josie and the Pussycats came through some other people, but they all just kind of were like, you know, a phone call, you guys available? Yeah, we'd love to do that. And, yeah. yeah cool. And the, the funny thing about 10 Things I Hate About You is we were originally supposed to do it one song. Yeah. And right. they changed it to two songs. Then they're like, can you be in the movie? Right. And do a couple more songs. And we ended up spending like two weeks on the west coast recording four songs and, and being like, in two scenes between, of the movie.
0: like like recording songs in LA and then yeah. flying up to Seattle right. to do scenes for the movie. It was crazy. Yeah.
1: Was that, are you really on the rooftop at the end of the movie? We
0: really are. That was a very expensive helicopter shot that we were told, <laughs> literally told, do not f*** this up.
2: We had two t- We had two tries. Yeah. Yeah. That's all they could afford. Oh
0: yeah. my gosh. And actually they couldn't even afford either because remember Gil, the director, was like not, was forbidden from shooting these uh-huh. helicopter scenes and he did it anyway. about it.
1: We were also in Parks and Rec as yeah Ben Wyatt's favorite band one of the characters um, yeah. did you know that shout out was going to happen in that episode when he wears the shirt almost the whole the show? only way
0: the only reason that we knew that something was afoot was they they called us to ask for a, a style of shirt which we didn't I mean, I guess we pointed them in the direction mm-hmm. of, you probably remember this better than I do. Yeah, the
2: showrunner called our manager um, looking for a shirt for a, to be a prop on the show. Yeah. And he said, never mind, we're just going to have the art department make the one that we want, how we want it, because we didn't have anything like what they wanted. And... Um, so we knew that there was going to be a prop of a Letters to Cleo shirt in the show. But we didn't know the context. And we didn't know that it was going to happen multiple times.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. and uh, We certainly didn't know that a season later we would be on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like a total surprise. We didn't find out about what the the shirt, what was going to happen with the shirt mm-hmm. until it had happened. And, and it popped up. up. And Twitter blew up. And we were like trending worldwide right. yeah. on Twitter. And we were just like what (laughs) it was crazy
2: like on a good day letters to cleo twitter which at that point we just had just because someone made it for us so that no one else would take it right we weren't really doing anything actively um Mm -hmm. you know a good day now even though with a tour and a record like we'll get you know 20 notifications or mentions a day Mm -hmm. it was like all of a sudden just out of the blue in 2011 it was like yeah you've been mentioned thirty thousand times like
0: (laughs) 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 what (laughs) in the span of like an hour yeah it was crazy
1: so I'm excited about the new EP that's come out back to Nebraska. What inspired the reunion to get back into the studio and start writing new songs again after all these years?
0: Well, anytime we've run into each other in any configuration, so was mm-hmm. like, dude, we should totally like play a show or write a song or and you know, we we've been we say this to each other several times a year, every year for the past eighteen years. Mm-hmm. So um, it doesn't Ever lead to anything in 2007, 2008, we did or 2008 9. We did a bunch of dates, but we didn't mm-hmm. record any new music, it was just you know, dicking around, having fun. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I mean, which we're still doing, that's what this is all about, too. Uh-huh. It's just not, it's dicking around and having fun, that's the <laughs> only reason to do it. But Michael and Stacy were at a Johnny Polanski show, yeah, last year, in LA. earlier in the year in LA. And they did the thing. I'm like, dude, we should totally write something. But it just happened to. It was just one of those like seconds and inches kinds of things. Well, Stacey has also
2: been on tour ninety percent of the time for the last eight years. Right. So he's always been the one who's kind of not been available, even though he's the one who's always like, let's play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's never available. Yeah. He actually like finished up with the last like bunch of dates he's doing with Miley Cyrus and. Um, was going to take a year, to he's ha- having a baby, and just going to be around, do mm-hmm. writing and production in LA, and, and do less touring. Yeah. So he was sort of like, this time I really want to do it and can do it. Let's make it happen. And we, cool. you know, so he he forced the issue because he was available. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and then um, Greg, who still lives in Boston, um, like had like a couple of snippets of songs laying around, mm-hmm. just like chord progressions and stuff, and he made like a work tape. A bunch of stuff and sent it to us and yeah. uh, I picked out a couple that I heard like melodies over and uh, mm-hmm. Michael Stacy and I got together in LA and just wrote like finished the stuff that Greg had started so we kind of just we were just trading back-and-forth tapes mm-hmm. and recording the stuff bi-coastally mm-hmm. cool. and then uh, and then we But we recorded all the stuff properly at Michael's studio in Koreatown in LA.
1: The way you released it through this crowdfunding site, uh, Pledge Music? Yeah. So did you end up funding the whole EP just by giving away all of your memorabilia <laughs> from your basement? You know,
2: we didn't really... <laughs> <laughs> at this occasion, we didn't go for like the sort of fund the EP option. Uh-huh. It was like, we just made the EP ourselves and mm-hmm. just got it done. And then our friend Jay over at Pledge was like, he's done, you know, a lot of 90s bands current pledge campaigns, Presidents uh-huh. the United States and Sloan and Blake babies and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah I and saw he,
1: Pixies are on there. Yeah. Like yeah. I Most mean, Etheridge
2: is on there now. Yeah. <laughs> um he, he just said, like, you know, here's some things you can do. Mm-hmm. Like what do you guys have laying around from the old days that you've been moving with for all these years and you can just get rid of it. He just sort of he just sort of walked us through like a business model to so we can do something like this and play Chicago, play New York, play San Francisco, and actually like make a little money instead of losing money mm-hmm. right. so and cool. take time off from work and all the other things to, that make this possible. Yeah. So it was just more of that kind of idea. Yeah. And
0: yeah. it's
2: such a personal
0: way to do it, mm-hmm. you know, to just constantly being connect, And the fans really connect to it and we can connect, we can see what people like, what people are responding to instead of like, you know, in the olden days, it's, it, there was always like this firewall in between fans and the band of like the label and the publisher mm-hmm. and manager that like stopped the communi- the flow of communication. Now it's like they can come directly to us and we can go directly to them. Mm-hmm. And it's a much more, I guess, an intimate process yeah, than it used to be.
1: Cool. Um, so how has it been getting out there and touring again and seeing all the fans?
2: It's been great. The shows are awesome. Uh, meeting fans like you that we never got to meet the first time and then re-seeing old fans like remember you came you met me and we hung out in Richmond, Virginia and I was 16 (laughs) like yes (laughs) I do remember that right
1: (laughs) well what you know what's next after this tour can we expect any more letters to Cleo or is this it
2: I think we'll do this blast which ends in Boston in a few weeks Mm -hmm. and then take the holidays off and then sort of (laughs) figure out what our regular careers are for the next year and then you know at some point down the road maybe in six months say like oh let's uh let's book a week on some summer festivals or let's Mm. right let's go play in spain for whatever if again if we can do it the right way and make it profitable and everyone can get the time off at the same time yeah just like once a year be like hey (laughs) let's record a thing and then Play some shows. Yeah. Right. And like line it up well in advance so we all know we have that commitment of time and, mm-hmm. and do it.
0: And we you just don't have to do it the way we used to do it, which is yeah. like you hole up in the studio for a year and then release yeah. this album and if it doesn't take off, then it's like everything's dead and it's like you really can't and get on the bus, you
2: know, bus for four months and like yeah you, know, you can just go like hey, let's play two shows in Chicago in November. Okay. And, like, make and a poster for it. And, it <laughs> and, like,
0: and, like, release a song. And, and like, like, by the time the you get there, hours. yeah, by the time you get there, it's like the fans know the words to the song and everybody get you know, it's like you can yes. just do, gives. there's a lot more bang for your buck, literally, for everyone involved, yeah. for the fans and yeah. for the band. And so, but again, if it's easy and fun is you know really what we're going for with this thing cool that sounds good
1: well thank you so much for uh chatting with me thank you maritas (laughs) very nice to meet you nice to meet you and you're very impressive
0: recording here